Hello, and welcome to this FRDH podcast. I'm Michael Goldfarb. In any country, the most dangerous thing that can happen is for a group and its political representatives to act as if their view alone represents the nation. That thinking leads to the view that they alone are the nation, and that those who disagree with them are not of the nation, even if they're fellow citizens born on the country's soil. This is sort of what was going on in Northern Ireland when I covered the story 20 years ago. And when it happens in a democratic republic, like the U.S., and the view takes over a political party, then the threat to the national fabric is mortal. And that is the heart of the crisis in America today. The Republicans are no longer a political party, but a faction. The danger of factions was noted at the foundation of the United States. In Federalist Paper Number 10, James Madison defined faction as a number of citizens, whether amounting to a minority or majority of the whole, who are united and actuated by some common impulse of passion or of interest adverse to the rights of other citizens or to the permanent and aggregate interests of the community. Come on, admit it. Listening to that definition, you did find yourself reminded just a little of the party of Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, and more recently Donald Trump. The Republican Party has been slowly morphing into a faction for most of my life. The idea of a pluralist society is anathema to them, and they have been trying to crush it. In the 1950s, Wisconsin Republican Senator Joe McCarthy ran roughshod over the constitutional rights of those he thought disloyal to his idea of the United States. He did it by linking the nation to the Republican Party. Our job as Americans and as Republicans, he said, is to dislodge the traitors from every place where they've been sent to do their traitorous work. Americans and Republicans. Americans equal Republicans. The skullduggery of Richard Nixon's team, the proudly acknowledged attempts of GOP congressional leaders to ruin Democratic presidencies, leads us to this moment where legislatively nothing is done and a newly elected Republican president can give an inaugural address and an initial speech to the joint houses of Congress in which he does not mention the word democracy once, nor the word republic. Anyway, let us return to those thrilling days of yesteryear, the last decades of the 18th century, when the political theories of the Enlightenment were put to the practical test in Britain's American colonies. Every July 4th, I look through the Declaration of Independence. The writing is too good not to use the occasion for a quick glance. This year it wasn't the famous bits that all men are created equal and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that I marveled over. The Declaration of Independence is really a bill of divorcement, a declaration before the community of nations of the causes leading the 13 states to separate from Britain. As I read through the list this past holiday, it was amazing how many could be applied to the Republican faction today. Thomas Jefferson and his co-authors begin with a general accusation. King George III and his government have presided over repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny. It seems to me that the Republican faction has also attempted to impose their will in a tyrannous way by usurping or corrupting the democratic process, but I acknowledge that's too broad a statement. Luckily, the Declaration continues. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. 
So let me submit just a couple of facts to back up this broad assertion about establishing a tyranny, and I will refer back to the language of the Declaration. Like the British government in 1776, the Republicans have spent decades trying to abolish our most valuable laws and altering fundamentally the forms of our state governments. The GOP does this via gerrymandering. Jefferson said the king had excited domestic insurrections amongst us. The GOP has done that as well, by normalizing belligerent, unbrotherly discourse, which encourages violence by their faction against others, particularly those who are not white or who are immigrants. Another charge in the declaration of divorce. The British were trying to cut off our trade with all parts of the world. It would seem the Republican president is not averse to doing the same by taking America out of free trade agreements. The British Crown, wrote Jefferson, has made judges dependent on its will alone for the tenure of their offices. When Republicans in the Senate did not allow Barack Obama to appoint a Supreme Court justice, they were doing precisely that. The king was trying to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither. Well, so is President Trump. There are, of course, other particulars not in the Declaration that prove my point, that the Republicans are no longer a party, but a faction, a faction that thinks it, and it alone, is America. It has committed acts of treason to win the White House, leading to the deaths of tens of thousands of American soldiers. That's not an exaggeration. In 1968, Lyndon Johnson was on the verge of signing a ceasefire deal with the North Vietnamese. Richard Nixon, realizing a ceasefire and serious peace talks would severely harm his chances of winning the White House, established a back channel to the South Vietnamese government and convinced them to walk out of the talks. Nixon had told them the breakdown in negotiations would aid his election, and if he was elected, they would get a more favorable deal in the final settlement. The South Vietnamese did walk out. The peace deal fell apart. More than 22,000 Americans died as the war dragged on for another five years. Treason is what Nixon's fellow Republican Senate Minority Leader Everett Dirksen called it. Nearly 50 years later, candidate Donald Trump was happy to accept help for his campaign via stolen communications from America's primary adversary in the world, Russia. There is no longer a Republican willing to say what Dirksen had the courage to say in 1968. The final example of Republican factionalism is their elected representatives have upended existing constitutional customs and norms and defamed the design of Madison, Jefferson, and the other founding fathers by refusing to cooperate with anyone not of their group. The design of the founders was a constitutional order that provided a mechanism for balancing the inevitable competing points of view that would grow in a society where people were free to follow different religions and debate ideas freely. Without respect for these rules, the system cannot work. The result is the United States has, over the last quarter of a century, become ungovernable and now, more than at any moment in my lifetime, is on the edge of some kind of catastrophic disintegration. At the end of the list of divorce particulars in the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson writes, 
We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations. And then he adds, sorrowfully, they have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. It's a lovely-sounding but archaic word, consanguinity. It means kinship. In America, the Republican faction has frayed that bond to the edge of breakdown. Anyway, the representatives of the 13 colonies affixed their signatures to the Declaration of Independence Bill of Divorcement, and a decade later, having won the War of Independence, they found themselves trying to create a government that would last, and Madison wrote his essay, Federalist No. 10, warning of the threat to a united government by the dangerous vice of faction. Sadly, Madison, having identified the threat in the 18th century that either a minority or a majority might become a faction, was unable to think of a solution to the problem for the 21st. The minority in the country, for that is what the Republican faction is, is now the majority in both houses of Congress and in the state governments. It holds the White House. Having achieved this authority, as detailed in this podcast, by means that are tyrannical or autocratic, or you choose the word, the U.S. is at a terrible crossroads. The examples from history of a minority faction gaining control of government are not happy, and there is no contemporary Madison to suggest a way out of the dilemma. And that's all for this FRDH podcast. I've also posted a link to Federalist Number 10 at the FRDH website, www.goldfarbpod.com. It's worth the time you take to read it, and while you're at the site, you can make a donation to keep these podcasts coming. Thanks for listening.